New York is where society puts itself on display. The leaders meet each other and their children court each other. The old guard think they can keep out the new people with impunity, but nothing stays the same forever. That was from the second season of The Gilded Age. On this episode of Why Watch That. Why Watch That's on a quest to help you find the movies and TV shows you'll love. Buckle in. Starting on Easter morning of 1883, the promise of rebirth is overshadowed by the same old problems along with fresh complications for Manhattan's upper crust society and for those in its orbit. And for Peggy Scott, played by Danae Benton, she's still dealing with the painful experiences that she tried to escape previously. Of course, there is much in your story that Armstrong did not glean. You were a married mother whose child died. And that terrible truth threatens to upend the already fragile relationship she has with her family, including her mother Dorothy, played by Audra McDonald, and especially her father Arthur, played by John Douglas Thompson. We have been trapped in this trio of regret for too long. So while the Scots are certainly a family of means, Peggy longs for independence, so she might need to go back to her former employer, the aunt of her friend Marion Brooke, played by Louisa Jacobson, despite leaving that house for a good reason. Is there any chance I could come back to 61st Street? Tagus would welcome you back with open arms. And even more importantly, Peggy will continue to find her own voice as a reporter in the employ of T. Thomas Fortune, the publisher of the New York Globe, who's played by Sullivan Jones. And that voice will be amplified by an upcoming event that will reverberate throughout history. We're covering the opening of a new school in Tuskegee. You have never been south. I need to show the world there are colored people making something of their life. And while that story will have national ramifications, that won't stop Manhattan's elite from battling each other in their own little corner of the world. And those battles between the old guard and the new could rip apart the very families that ruled the city with an invisible hand which is why Marion has had so much trouble ever since she met Peggy on her way to stay with her domineering Aunt Agnes, played by Christine Baranski, and her much more gentle and understanding Aunt Ada, played by Cynthia Nixon. Why would you not promise Aunt Agnes to marry someone suitable? I will marry a gentleman. Is that enough? For me, maybe, but not for Agnes. And for good reason. It's not like Marion's made all the right choices in the marriage department. Remember that fiasco with her former fiancé? There is no man living who cares more for you than I. Which certainly wasn't true. So Marion will need to be more careful next time and fast. There's a new man, played by David Burr, who enters her life. And he's related to her through Aunt Agnes's late husband. Cousin Dashiell? He's taken a real interest in Marion. But I don't just want a husband, Aunt Ada. He is rich. He's even handsome. What more could a girl ask for? So Marion's headstrong and Agnes is stubborn. What could go wrong? You're making a terrible mistake. Stop being so selfish. I won't be put in a cage. Have you forgotten that you live here at my pleasure? But that's not the only wedge between Agnes and Marion. They're still their neighbors, the Russells, a family that's the epitome of new money and the burgeoning power it brings. But Agnes couldn't care less. The Russells live in your village, Mama. I'm stating facts. I'm not concerned with facts. Not if they interfere with my beliefs. And those beliefs will be challenged over and over again. For one, her son Oscar Van Ryan, played by Blake Ritson, desperately wishes to marry Gladys Russell, played by Thaisa Farmiga. But his reasoning is far from sound. I mean, could he really make her happy? And could she do the same for him? For two, speaking of happiness, there's the sudden appearance of Reverend Matthew Forte, played by Robert Sean Leonard. 
He's the new rector at their church who has his eyes on Ada, who's never been lucky in love. I never dreamt that I might still fall in love, but I wonder what Agnes will think. Can you get away tomorrow evening? Agnes doesn't keep me captive. Oh, but she'll try. She'll certainly try. Even still, she'll have other things on her mind, which takes us right to the heart of the matter. Bertha Russell, played by Carrie Coon. For Bertha, making sure her family is respected, maybe even revered, by the longtime pillars of society is her life's mission. So woe to those who... Think they can keep out the new people with impunity. Don't worry, I have a plan. Mrs. Russell is even more of a fighter than I had realized. You mean you thought she would not fight against you? Not so bitterly, at any rate. Gratitude is not a natural instinct in that class. Agnes. So, while Agnes is always ready for a fight, the question is, what about Mrs. Astor, played by Donna Murphy? After all, she shares a confidant and advisor with Mrs. Russell, the very arbiter of social taste himself, Ward McAllister, played by Nathan Lane. And Ward's worried, so he wants to know whether Bertha is... It's wise to start the war with New York society. Aren't you asking for trouble? I intend to bring the great city of New York, the opera house it deserves. The members of the academy are very determined it should not succeed. You'll need to pick a team. That's it. Head to head, and one will be the winner. So it's on. Bertha Russell plans to use the nascent Metropolitan Opera to wrest power from the Academy of Music, which has spurned her despite Mrs. Astor's supposed protestations. And in that battle, she'll have the quiet support of her husband, George, played by Morgan Spector, a wealthy industrialist who rules with an iron fist whenever he isn't tending to his family. I begin to grasp your plan, and you seem to have won the first battle. I intend to win the war. But that war won't be so simple. In fact, the Russells will have someone from their past pop up just when they least expect it. How will she play a role in all this? That is never going to happen, and we will never mention the subject again. Uh-oh. But George is a loyal man, and he's a ruthless one. I like to do the right thing, if I don't lose any money by it. And with that, his resolve will be tested by a growing threat from the labor movement. Eight hours of work! Eight hours of rest! Things are worse than I thought. Your workers are paid barely enough to put food on the table. Why must I be the villain in every story? I have lifted whole towns out of poverty. And that's not even the half of it. On top of those pressing concerns, Bertha and George's son Larry, played by Harry Richardson, quickly turns his promising architectural career into a potential nightmare when he finds himself in the arms of a wealthy widow, played by Laura Benanti. Plus, there's all the downstairs drama. After all, there's just as much at stake for the people who serve at the pleasure of the wealthy, and they can be just as ambitious and dangerous. So, after all the dust settles, who will be the victor? The answer may not be so obvious. I'm afraid we have a serious problem. I cover all your backs, but who's covering mine? There are no guarantees in war, and that's what this is. Please. All right, The Gilded Age Season 2. Um, we're about to dive into that. But before we get started, we wanted to thank you guys for listening to our show. And as always, encourage you to continue to share, like, subscribe, comment. It helps us to figure out what to do. Yes. You know, a song popped into my head for some reason when you were saying that. I don't know if they do this anymore. When you go to the movies, uh-huh. let's all go to the lobby. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> With the dancing snacks. <laughs> <The> dancing snacks. 
What does that have to do with this? Nothing. <laughs> so, just to reintroduce people and to introduce those who are new to us at Why Watch That, as it says, I'm the critic. I'm the one who's seen what we're going to review. The producer has not. She will give her impression from the plot summary of whether she'd watch it or not and so on. So we have a take of someone who's in the know, kind of, and someone who is like, I don't know if this is for me or not. So with that said, producer, give us your impressions. This is the second season, remember, of this show. Yeah, it's funny. I I can't even remember the first season. But Did I watch it? Say, no. But I don't even remember hearing about it. About it. Like, I don't remember it. And watching season two, I'm like... A plot summary. plot summary. You always like to pretend that you've seen it. <laughs> I'm a producer. I'm watching season two. The plot summary. I'm like, this seems like a show I could actually get into. Oh, um, yeah. I don't know why. It just seemed. It just seemed interest. It seemed mm. interesting. Like kind of. Hmm. I want to. Well, you do out. have a theatrical heart. That's true. I do. And you know, I mean, if you want to see theater without going to Broadway or mm. your regional theater or off Broadway, you can watch this show. This Every Broadway star is in it. Mm-hmm. We'll come back to that later. So you just have a feeling that you'd like this. Are yeah. you a period piece fan? Certain period pieces. Explain. That's the thing. I don't necessarily know which ones I well, do. Which like. ones do you like? Give us some examples. Which one? There was there was some version of Romeo and Juliet that I think was a period piece that I liked. I can't remember which one. Um <laughs> There were so many of them, but the one that was very period PC, I enjoyed okay. it. Um, mm-hmm. There's something, is it Shakespeare in Love? I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the period pieces? Like, yeah, I- I'll tell you the ones that didn't get me. Like, Bridgerton doesn't didn't get me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't know, like, I don't know the difference between like, oh, yeah, I like this one. I know the difference. Okay. so You like them when they're really good. Oh, okay. Now, in, in particular, you like it when the writing is really good because hmm. the examples you gave the writing on the page is great. Bridgerton's writing on the page is not always great. Mm-hmm. Can't say that. Mm-hmm. That show has peaks and valleys. We've reviewed that. I'm not going through it again. Yeah. That is appropriate here because this is from Julian fellows. Remember Downton Abbey. Mm-hmm. Now another show that I think it's now MGM plus that he did. I just loved it. Belgravia. I, I know oh, a lot of people haven't seen it. Oh, I know a lot of you mm-hmm. haven't seen it. I do believe, because it was Epics, if I'm remembering correctly, I'm not going to look it up. That means it's MGM Plus now. If you have not seen Belgravia, you like Julian Fellows, you like period pieces, you've got to watch Belgravia. I was like, at some points, I was really just laughing, laughing at it. Mm-hmm. I'd never forget the father and the son. That son, now that his father was in trouble, he was like... <laughs> <laughs> I help you, Dovey. <laughs> anyway, so that's Julian Fellows' producer. Mm-hmm. Now, if we go to Downton, it's not as sharp. That's what I have to say about um, the Gilded Age. Now, full disclosure: at the moment, season two, the first two episodes are available out of eight total. It is on HBO. I'm reviewing based on the first two episodes. Yes, I know. Um, If there's something to say when the season is done, we will come back. It is rarely the case, though, producer. I know. How many times I have to tell people this? 
when you are a critic, whether you are a critic because you want to be one or somebody employed you, a lot of times critics don't review the whole season. And a lot of people go, well, how couldn't you do that? You have to see the whole thing. You do not. I will tell you that. I used to be one of those people like, how are you going to review that? You, When you see enough of this stuff, <laughs> look, I know what this is going to be. And if not, you can update it later. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So those reviews, when we do it early and I don't update, my review stands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but we have a whole season now. We have the first two episodes of season two. Not as sharp as Downton. I wouldn't say that. Mm-hmm. That later. Because I was thinking about this. What is it about this show where I like it? Definitely. I want mm-hmm. to watch it. I'm paying attention. But I don't love it. Mm. Like a Downton. Mm-hmm. Hold that thought. Now, in regard to Bridgerton, it is certainly more grounded than that. We ain't got nobody. <laughs> None of that nonsense. Even though you have a bit of that, but nobody's literally doing what I just did. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never get over it. I was like, what am I watching? <laughs> well, look, Jonda knows her audience. Fine by me. Mm-hmm. So that's what, if you're comparing it, there you go. Closer to Downton, definitely. Mm-hmm. Bridgerton. It is Julian Fellows. And again, you have this cast. I think it is a brilliant move to put stage veterans in the cast. Mm-hmm. Almost everybody is a stage veteran or could be one. Mm-hmm. Would fit that way. Um, because what they're doing is straddling the line between theatrical lines and the television medium. You need actors with that facility. Mm-hmm. I mean, just... Just chicken fried Nathan Lane. I love it. That's what I call <laughs> He is chicken fried in this show. <laughs> it's like, who else are you going to cast for that role? It makes perfect sense. Straddling the line. You have a Carrie Coon playing Bertha. Yeah, I mean, no, Carrie has a, a illustrious, you know, career on screens. But even when, when it's, a, it's in the plot summary, producer, when she's walking toward her Newport property mm-hmm. in that clip with Ward, with Nathan Lane's character. Mm-hmm. And she's sashing. I'm like, who? you need somebody who brings that to the role. Mm-hmm. I don't know how Julian wrote it. I doubt he wrote she's sashing. She's right. It's just, it, it's little <laughs> things like that. Mm-hmm. Of course you get Christine Baranski and Cynthia Nixon. I think that the interplay between them is, it's great on the page to have two sisters that opposite. But to cast those two is so smart. And I'm really, really, really happy that Cynthia Nixon is in that role. Mm-hmm. It's unexpected mm-hmm. for her to play that kind of character. It rounds her art, uh, her out as an artist. Because I remember at the beginning, I was like, oh, Cynthia, I actually buy her. Mm-hmm. As someone who would say yes to her sister, but try to help the niece. And it's great. Mm-hmm. Morgan Spector as George, Carrie Coon's husband. Yes. Because the other thing is, when it comes to all of the characters, as Julia knows how to do so well, there's a logic to all of them, even if they don't get a lot of screen time. Mm-hmm. So it is in the casting in a lot of it where you have to have actors who can nail it. When Morgan comes on screen, that is a man who's a titan of industry. You buy it. Mm-hmm. Like when it comes to uh, Danae Bitten's character, Peggy, her father, when it comes to him, um, John Douglas Thompson, that you buy that he is one of the leading 
people in black society in the late 1800s of New York City. You buy it. He don't have to act it. Mm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then you put Audrey McDonald as mother. Yeah, see, this is what I'm talking about. Mm. Some of these people can not only act, they can sing your pants off. Mm -hmm. Kelly O'Hara. I mean, it's like Kelly O'Hara. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people don't even know. Don't even know. Yeah. And then you get somebody, and I'll come back to ending this review. You get people like the characters played by Monk and Donna Murphy, two, you know, stage legends. Deborah Monk as Mrs. Armstrong, that's the one Peggy had a problem with because she's, mm, you know, mm -hmm. she don't want somebody mm -hmm. <laughs> in her midst. Uh, you're a lady's maid, get in your place. But the thing is, she's not like this arch villain because Julian gave us a glimpse of what's going on with her personal life in season one. Plus you have Deborah Monk playing it. Mm. So she's going to justify it in her head. And that comes through. So when you have those clashes between her and Peggy, there's a richness to it. Not on the page necessarily. Mm -hmm. It's between the actors. So in this season early, when Peggy comes back and she's looking at her like, look, I don't have a problem with you, but you don't want to have a problem with me. It works. And Donna Murphy as Mrs. Astor, I mean, what can you even say? <laughs> Y'all go watch. Remember that, um, what was that dance movie that um, Zoe was in? Zoe Zaldana? Center stage. Center stage, yeah. <laughs> Remember Donna Murphy? She was the teacher. Oh, yeah, that was yes, her. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. All right. So I would say that this is a safe space for period fans. It really is. Mm. If you're fans of period pieces, safe. And after the first episode of the second season, or I would say toward the end of it, you could feel them hitting their stride because they have to reintroduce you to the world. They did that well. And I was paying attention the whole time. The question, and this is what I wanted to come back to, comparing it to Downton, for instance, who are we supposed to really root for? Who are we supposed to really care about? Like if someone dies in this show, who would I go, oh no, I haven't found that person. And I think that's it. Mm -hmm. That's what keeps me from loving it. I like it. I like it intellectually. I understand all the choices. I appreciate them. I'm entertained by it, but I'm not grabbed. Mm -hmm. I'm willing and able and will watch it if it's on. Mm -hmm. Definitely. But that's the thing separating it from Downton for me. And Downton, I know the people where I would go and we all experience it. We go, oh my gosh, no. And the whole show changes. Mm -hmm. I don't know that we have that yet in this show, mm -hmm. but maybe that'll happen in the episodes to come. So there you go, producer. It is on HBO. That means you can also access it via Max, Max. all episodes. What do you think? Are you going to start? Because yes, you do have to pay attention, producer. For those who don't know, the producer likes to cook and clean and conduct the business and who knows, hire employees <laughs> while she's watching television. So tell us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll put it on the weekend list um, oh. where I can like just sit down and watch it. And I have to start from season one, I'm assuming. I can't just pick up in season two. I'm not even going to dignify that with an answer. What we're going to do is say thanks to all of you for watching us. We do appreciate it. <laughs> the producer has things to do moving and shaking. <laughs> and, you know, we'll see if we can move and shake ourselves into another review. I never know. Each week that comes, I go, is there anything worth my time? Not even that I like it. Is it worth putting together 
just a plot summary. Mm -hmm. That's enough to make me want to go to sleep. So all of you, you enjoy your rest this evening and we'll see you next time. <laughs> Later. Thanks for joining us. For up-to-date info and to share what's on your watch list, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Why Watch That and on Twitter at WWT Radio. Also, you can visit us at whywatchthat.com. And while you're at it, don't forget to go ahead and rate Why Watch That Radio on iTunes. Let's keep the conversation going. 